Hey, what's up? I'm Kate, and you're listening to the Rise and Renew podcast. Here we're going to talk about all things from our daily routines, health and wellness journeys, to the small changes we can make to become the best version of ourselves. The goal each day is to wake up, rise with intention, and focus on renewing ourselves to be better than the day before. I'm so glad you're here. Let's rise and renew. Hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of the Rise and Renew podcast. As always, I'm so glad you're here. So glad you're choosing to tune in. And I hope you hear something that inspires you or that you can share with a friend to inspire them. Um, Today is going to be a a deeper topic. Um, So I'll put a little trigger warning here that we're going to talk about cancer and childbirth and diagnosis. So just going to go ahead in case you want to skip this episode um, because I do understand that that's not an easy topic to talk about, especially when you've gone through it and walked through it. There are days you don't want to hear it and days you're like, oh, okay, you know, I'll talk about it today. I'll, I'll experience things today. So um, yeah, that's what I want to talk about because I know in some of the previous episodes, you know, I've shared how I went through chemo and all of that fun stuff. So I kind of wanted to walk you guys through my diagnosis and my cancer journey. Um, I'm actually getting ready to go for a walk, so I figured I would record this first. I can go ahead and get this shared because... I know it kind of just fills a lot of gaps for those of you who maybe don't know me and don't know my story. So, here we go. Um, In, let's see, July of 2020, I found out that I was pregnant. Um, We weren't trying. We weren't not trying, but that is where I always say, she was a blessing in disguise, kind of like a an angel is what I tell a lot of people because if it wasn't for her, I might not have even found out that I had cancer or it might have been too late and then we wouldn't have been able to have kids. Just a whole, a whole thing. So, found out I was pregnant in July and late September, October... um, late September, early October, my elbow, my right elbow just started giving me a fit. And I work out regularly, pretty regularly, very regularly. And I was doing a boxing program and I thought, well, maybe I've kind of torn something in my elbow or just irritated something. So I was kind of just playing it back to that, like, I've definitely messed something up working out, um, and I remember I was doing an event for work, and my elbow was just killing me, and I kept having to take medicine, I was like, maybe it's pregnancy related, you know, maybe, um, it's just where my hormones are changing, and my body's changing, so I told my OB about it, and she kind of thought, you know, maybe it's tendonitis, where, you are doing more like 
I guess, data kind of entry at your job because I had picked up a little more of that. And um, she said, you know, maybe it's that. Maybe it is the baby sitting on like an odd nerve. Who knows? So she referred me to an orthopedic and I ended up just going to an orthopedic in town where we live. And I didn't end up going until... I was probably six to eight months pregnant, which I delivered at 37 weeks. Um, so I did end up going to see him. Um, and at that point in my pregnancy, he was like, I can't do any x-rays. Um, but based on what you're telling me, you know, it probably is tendonitis. Because at this point, my arm was swollen. I had lost like 50% range of motion. Um, I couldn't bend or I couldn't straighten my elbow past 90 degrees. And I can remember there were days like Dawson and I, we would go for walks and he'd like hold my hand and I'd say, try to straighten my elbow out. And he was like, well, just relax. I'm like, I'm relaxed. Like it will not bend any further. I don't know what's wrong with it. My best friend, she was in PT school. She was like, I think you have you know, like tendonitis or something. And she would give me like exercises and things to do. And I was like, I just don't know. It's like my elbow has popped and I can't, I can't get it back into place. Um, so, you know, that's kind of like the whole nine months that I was pregnant. The last thing I did was go to that orthopedic and he gave me a, a cortisone shot and he put me in a brace for tendonitis told me to wear it when I'm at my desk just to kind of relieve that pressure. Nothing helped. Nothing helped. Um, I remember nights just laying in bed, unable to sleep. One, because when you're pregnant, you're really uncomfortable and you can't sleep. But two, my elbow just throbbed. I would sit in the bath. I would um, take hotter baths than I should have just so I could submerge my elbow in hot, hot water to try to take some of the pain away. I would use the little lidocaine patches, the um, Salon Pos, I think is what it is. I know they make tons of different brands, but that's one that I would use. I'd like wrap my elbow in it. Again, it would kind of take the pain away for just a hair or a second, but nothing like I really needed. Um... And let's say I would do that. I did so many things. Like I would put ice on it and ice didn't help. I did the salon pause. I did the heat. Um, and I would notice. So like I would vacuum and it would start irritating me. Like if it hadn't hurt me all day, there were certain moves I would do like vacuuming or one day at work, I was stuffing goodie bags and my elbow would just start killing me. And it was excruciating pain. It would keep me up at night. So March 17th of 2021, I went in for my induction at Chapel Hill. And I, um, when I went in, I'm a type 1 diabetic also. I've been a type 1 diabetic since right before my 10th birthday. And, you know, the endocrinologist came in to kind of tell me how things would go through delivery with, you know, diabetes and things. And he looked at my elbow because I told him what was going on. And he was like, well, 
Have you had like a spot with your insulin pump or maybe you developed a little bit of an infection and you need an antibiotic? And I was like, no, like I don't put my insulin pump that far down on my arm. But I was like, maybe, like maybe something happened. I don't know. So the doctors came in and I was just like, I just need it looked at. Like, can we do an x-ray? So March 17th, I had my induction. I did not deliver naturally. Um, I ended up pushing for four hours and then went in or had a C-section at, I probably went in at like seven something that morning and had her at like 8.32, I think, um, on the 18th. So had a C-section and went into recovery. She had to go to the NICU because she had low blood sugars. She was in the NICU for three days. And at some point within those three days, they took me downstairs and they did two x-rays because the first one, they just couldn't see whatever they needed to see, whatever they were looking at. So they did the two x-rays. The day she got out of the NICU, they took me down. They said, we need to do an MRI so we can get a better look at it. So at this point, I'm like, okay, I've definitely torn something. Like, I'm going to have to have surgery. That's fine. Um, you know, it is what it is. I'd never had surgery in my life until I had a C-section. <laughs> and then, you know, shiz kind of hit the fan. Um, so I was like, okay, I'm going to have to have surgery. Probably not going to be able to work out for a while. It is what it is. It's surgery. And... I went down for my MRI, and let me just tell you something. If you've never had an MRI, and you ever have to have one, if they can give you some medicine to knock you out, that's the best thing, because they didn't do that to me, and I was swollen from having a baby. I felt like that MRI machine was going to cave in on me. It took them three tries, because I kept having, like, I've never had a panic attack in my life, but I'm pretty sure that's what I had. I was crying. I was so mad at Dawson because he had had an MRI when we were in high school or had just graduated high school because he tore his labrum. And I was like, you didn't tell me that's how it was going to be. Like, I thought I was going to die in there. I couldn't breathe because it's really tight. So that was, that was terrible. Absolutely terrible. So they did the MRI and I went back upstairs, and that night, we were like, we'll probably get to go home the next day. Well, lo and behold, if the nurse doesn't come in on the, um, I'm at, in like the postpartum, on the postpartum floor now, and the nurse comes in, she's like doing my vitals, and she goes and gets the doctor. And I'm like, oh my God. Dawson's like, babe, you need to relax. Like, your blood pressure is really high. And I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm so relaxed. He was like, take some deep breaths. And I did. And they checked my blood pressure again. High. So they said, all right, we're going to give you a few minutes. Just, you know, relax, blah, blah, blah. Check it again. Freaking high. So then they heard, you know, the doctor's coming in. She's like, I'm sorry, but... I don't know if you're going to be going home yet. Your blood pressure is really, really high. And if we send you home, you could have a seizure and you could, you know, develop, um, I guess it would be eclampsia at that point. I don't know. So they're like, we're pretty sure you have postpartum preeclampsia and um, 
we're going to have to take you back up to the labor and delivery floor and try to get your blood pressure down. So I'm like, oh my God, okay, let's go. Like the child's out of the NICU, so let's let's just do whatever we got to do now. I'm ready to go home. Um, they take me up there and Dawson's like, my mom and his mom were in Chapel Hill because uh, that's where I delivered. And he's like, let's, let's call your mom and see if she can come up here. Because we got so much going on. Um, we, we need a little bit of help, you know. This was still during COVID. So they only let one person come. And obviously it was going to be my husband. But they let my mom go up. And um, I, they had done my MRI. I was on a magnesium drip for 24 hours because... My blood pressure just wasn't coming down, so I was bedridden. They had to do another catheter, all that fun stuff. So I went to bed that night. My mom's in the room. She's asleep in the recliner. Dawson's asleep on the couch in the hospital, and I'm obviously in the hospital bed. And at like 6 o'clock the next morning, a doctor comes in who I've never seen before. And she walks in. She doesn't say, hey, good morning. Like, she was not very nice. I mean, she wasn't not nice. She just didn't have good bedside manner. She didn't care to wake my mom or anyone up. She just comes in. She's like, well, we can't let you go home yet because we think you have cancer. And I remember, like, I think my heart stopped beating for just a second. And my mom sat straight up. Dawson sat straight up. And my mom was like, who in the heck are you? And she finally introduced herself then. And she was like, yeah, we're going to need to do a biopsy. And I'm just like, what? Like, you got the wrong person. You're in the wrong room. No, me? me? I just had a baby. I'm 21 years old. Like, I take care of myself. Cancer is for old people. Like, no, you're crazy. Wrong person. Thanks, but next. And finally, I'm like, oh, my God. she's She is for real. So... They move me to, it's the antepartum floor because it's like before you have your baby if you have to be in the hospital. So they moved me there, still on the magnesium drip, um, and I'm just freaking out. One of my labor and delivery nurses, after we found out, she just came and hugged me and she was like, it's going to be okay. And I asked her, I was like, can you just get me outside? Like, I know I'm not supposed to leave the bed, but... I've got to go get some fresh air. And she did. She let me get in a wheelchair and she put all my medicine up on a little tower on the wheelchair. And she rolled me outside and she was like, we can sit here as long as you need. You know, you just let me know. And we went outside and I was just like, oh my God. And I'm looking, you know, if you've ever been to Chapel Hill, the labor and delivery, the women's hospital is right beside the cancer hospital. And I just remember looking at that sign and I'm like, there's no way, like, there is no way that I have cancer. That's just insane. So, we go back in. um, I finished my 24 hours on the magnesium drip, and then that day, that next day, they take me downstairs for my biopsy. Um, They do the biopsy of my elbow, and they're like, all right, it's going to take probably 10 days before we hear back, but we'll give you a call. They discharged us from the hospital. And while I was really scared at this point, I mean, looking back, like, I wasn't freaking out 
like crying. Um, I mean, I wasn't having a panic attack. I just had this peace, like everything's just, everything's going to be okay. I don't know what's going to happen, but I know at this point, like it's in God's hands. It's not in mine and everything's just going to be fine. We're going to figure it out. So we go home and I do end up having to go back to the hospital just for a few hours because my blood pressure shot up again. They had to increase my blood pressure medicine. Three days later, my blood pressure leveled out. I was fine. I didn't need it. It was insane. But we come home, I think, on the 23rd. So I was in the hospital from the 17th to the 23rd. And 10 days after my biopsy, me, Dawson, and his brother are standing on the back deck at our house. And I see the area code come across from Chapel Hill. And I'm like, oh, God. So I answer the phone. You know, my dad has friends that are doctors and oncologists, and they were like, it could be an infection. Um, you know, we don't really know. Cancer's not ruled out, but it could just be like an infection that they've got to take care of, which could have been worse because I could have lost my arm. Um, it could have been anything. They were just praying it wasn't bone cancer, which is, you know, in most cases, uncurable and could have we could have been in a whole different situation than we are now. So I answer the phone and we're all three standing outside. And I just remember hearing the words, Hey, this is so-and-so your pathology report came back and it is cancerous. And I just felt like, you know, you could hear the ringing in my ears. Um, that's all I heard was it was just like, I don't know. Like I didn't hear or feel anything for a few seconds. And, um, I, remember just nodding my head at Dawson and his brother and I was like yeah and this is it and um the next thing I remember is the guy on the phone he was so nice I was like why couldn't you have been the lady that told me this that morning he said you're getting the best worst news of your life um you you've got lymphoma it's very curable um you know if if people have to have cancer this is the one I'd choose for them because it's it's easy to treat all that stuff, um, or the kind I had. I had diffused large B-cell lymphoma, and it, when I had my PET scan, they, um, classified it as stage four, but I'll get into that in just a second, so all I remember is after he told me that, I'm thinking, oh my god, I've just had a baby, I'm gonna die, I'm gonna lose all of my hair, and I remember asking him, well, can I just do radiation? Like, do I have to do chemo? And then I said, well, since it's in my elbow, can they just amputate my arm? <laughs> like, that was, I was like, you know, I can live without an arm. Like, I watched, um, oh my gosh, Soul Surfer when I was little. Like, I can live without an arm, you know, just cut that thing off and we're going to keep rolling with life. Um, but he was like, no, no, we can't do that. You're going to have to come in. You're going to have to have a PET scan. You know, he told me kind of the next steps and things like that. And, um, I did, I went and I had a PET scan and it took them like a week to read that. And I went and met with the doctor and they said, it is stage four. Um, and you're going to need six rounds of R-CHOP chemo every 21 days. Um, and that's what I did. I did do a clinical trial, something they've used on patients with leukemia that they were testing in lymphoma patients, and it had a really good 
success rate. So I was a candidate for it and I did that on top of my treatment. Um, but before I even started chemo, uh, a friend, a family friend of ours had had breast cancer and, you know, she called my mom and dad and was like, Hey, you know, this is who I saw to take a more holistic approach. Um, and before I started chemo, that's what I did. And I went to a plant-based diet, um, and I really started taking care of myself. Not that I didn't take care of myself before, but I just started doing it in a different and a more holistic way. Um, and yeah, my dad's friend that's a doctor, he did an x-ray to compare the x-ray from the hospital from me being on that plant-based diet for a few weeks before chemo and my cancer had, you could already tell, like it had started improving. Things had started improving. So I still did chemo because I was young and I didn't, I don't know. If I had my time to go back, there is a, um, there is a program in Mexico called Hope for Cancer. Had I not just had a baby, I really would have considered doing that um, rather than doing conventional chemotherapy. But again, I wasn't going to travel to Mexico for what, like six to eight weeks. It might even be more than that because we were just into newborn life and having to adapt to that at the same time as a diagnosis. So had my PET scan and the reason they classified it as stage four was because there was something lighting up um, that looked to be on my liver. Um, But as you know, time went on, we realized it wasn't on my liver. It was actually in my abdominal wall and it was never biopsied. And we actually had a couple doctors that, you know, my dad, my dad knows a doctor who knows doctors that were all, you know, not part of Chapel Hill that were reading my scans. And they all thought that I might have endometriosis, which can also show up and light up on a PET scan because I've always had kind of heavy and somewhat painful periods and things like that. Um, so we, we never knew what that was, but it wasn't on my liver. So if the hospital would have restaged me, I really would have only been like maybe stage two, but fun fact about hospitals is the, um, the worse it is on paper for them. A lot of times the more bucks they're getting and that's just reality. So I started chemo and the nurse told me within two weeks I would lose all of my hair and I was devastated. Um, I grew up doing pageants and dance competitions and I was just like, oh my God, like my hair, you know, you wake up every day and you fix your hair and it's just part of who you are. Um, so I was pretty upset about that and I was seeing this holistic doctor who had or not a doctor, but a holistic practitioner who had put me on a plant-based diet, lots of whole foods, organic foods. Um, She really changed my life. But I started doing that, and um, I went through my first round of chemo. And I was, like I said, I was on RCHOP treatment, and they gave me Benadryl the first day just to make sure I didn't have a reaction to anything, and I didn't. But I did not like Benadryl and prednisone mixed together. 
And I remember the first day of chemo, Dawson was with me and we're sitting up there and um, prednisone, if you've ever taken it for like when you're sick, it will make you so ill. Well, that on top of Benadryl and there was just so much going on. I mean, I had a lot of adrenaline. So the Benadryl, like it wasn't really making me fall asleep because of what the prednisone was doing. And I was so ill. I remember Dawson was trying to talk to me at one point and I wanted to just shove him out the window of the hospital. And I tell people that and they're like, oh my God. I was like, yes, I was just really, really ill because of the medicine. So I told them the next time I had chemo, since I didn't have a reaction the first time, I was like, please don't give me Benadryl. Like I will be fine. And I was, um, but I did not lose my hair completely until my fourth round of chemo, which was four times 21 days. I'll let you do the math. Um, so it took me a long time and I have to give all the credit to the things that I was doing with my nutrition. Um, because they would ask me, you know, you're probably going to lose the filling in your fingers and your toes. Do you have that? No. Like I, I felt good compared to what they were expecting me to feel like. Um, I did have one complication though. After my C-section, while I was, you know, I think before I even started chemo, I noticed there was like a little hole in my incision. And I told my OB, she was like, no, it's fine. My C-section incision ended up busting completely open. Um, and I had to have a second surgery because it didn't get taken care of by the people it was supposed to, and it got infected. And I had to pause chemo, do a second surgery, wear a wound vac, um, and home health had to come to my house and change it. Um, and I was not going to let them give me like any painkillers, um, because I had just read, some of the effects those can have when you do have cancer. So I was like, no, I just had to tough it out. And they had to pull like dry sponge from inside of my stomach off to change the wound back. That was so painful. So that happened during chemo. And I completed six rounds and found out on October 1st of what, 2021, that I was cancer-free. I knew it before then because I'd ended up in the hospital a few times because when you're going through chemo, um, you can get what is called a, oh gosh, I'm going to forget what it is now, a neutro-something fever, something fever. It's some kind of fever where... I think it's your neutrophils get really, really low or something gets low and you're just really susceptible to getting a virus, like getting sick. So for those six months, I didn't go anywhere. I went to my holistic doctor. I went to Chapel Hill. I did go to Whole Foods a few times. Other than that, we didn't go anywhere. And we had to be really careful about who came to the house and where they had been because the last thing we wanted to do was prolonged treatment. Um, so, found out I was cancer-free. That was amazing. And I, I mean, I still continue 
to really follow a more holistic lifestyle. I've cleaned up all of my cleaning products, all of my beauty products, anything in our house, like it's non-toxic or as low tox as I can get it. Um, we buy mostly organic food, grass-fed, grass-finished beef, pasture-raised eggs, um, just high-quality stuff. Like, I put the most high-quality things in my body, and while I'm not perfect, like, I will still enjoy things. Um, I do, for the most part, try to be 80% well. So, um, it's, it's made a huge difference, and I'm going to go outside and start my walk at this point because I really need to. I, um, I tell people all the time, like, going through what I went through, it sucked. It really, really did, but I'm so thankful that I did because I learned so much about my health. Um, I've always been, I've always had a knack for nutrition and fitness, and I think there's always been a reason for that, you know? I've always wanted to help people in some way with that. And my holistic, um, my microscopist is actually what she is, that I see, you know, I would have never met her had I not gone through this. And I would have never started this podcast had I not gone through this. It has changed my life for the better. Um, So... If you know somebody that's going through something like that, maybe share this podcast with them or share my Instagram profile with them. I don't care. But it might not seem like there's a light in any of it because there were days it didn't for me. But looking back, I'm like, you know, God did that on purpose. And you might say, oh, well, God wouldn't give you cancer no maybe not but you know sometimes we go through things to grow and to discover our purpose um so like I said I'm glad I went through it I'm glad I know what I know now um it's definitely changed the way that my family does things and the way that we think about our health and the products that we use and the quality of things that we use. Um, You know, I focus a lot on sunshine and vitamin D and just going against the norm. That's all I'll say about that. It's okay to not do and be what everybody else does and says. It's okay to be different and crunchy you know I mean there's some people that go overboard with that but I'd say I'm pretty crunchy now compared to what I used to be and I have to thank cancer for that like I do um if you knew me before I became a mom and before I had cancer you don't really know me because the me I am now (laughs) she's She's a badass. She's been through a lot. She's grown a lot. She's learned a lot. And I'm a completely different person. Um, And I'm glad. I'm glad I'm not the me 
that I was two or three years ago because I want to see my daughter and our future kids be the best version of themselves. And if it took me going through the lowest of lows to become the best version of me so I can teach them to become the best version of them, I'd do it again. I mean, I don't want to do it again, but you get what I'm saying. Like, I'm glad that that's what I get to do. So anyway, um, that is a long story of that. Um, And now that I am in remission, so they will monitor you for five years. Um, So for the first three years in October, it will make two years that I've been cancer-free. And I actually think the next few days make a year or two years since my diagnosis. But I'll get a, not a PET scan, I'll get a CT scan every six months for the first three years blood work every three months and then after that um it'll be blood work every six months and a ct scan once a year and what they're checking for is just to make sure that the cancer hasn't come back because you're most susceptible in your first year and then every year after that it gets a little less or quite a bit less so Again, um, I think this is when, I guess you'd say, the real fight happens. Um, But I do everything in my power daily to do the best for my body and be the best that I can be to support it. Uh, Limiting stress, moving. Um, I drink lots of tea. I love peppermint tea. You've heard me talk about that before. Walking gratitude, good whole foods, but still enjoying life and pizza and ice cream and, you know, the things, because you do have to live. So that is, that is the story. That's where we are. Um, I've literally just thinking about the last two years, because I think this is the most I've ever shared about it. And Given the fact that I'm coming up on the exact day of my diagnosis, it's just crazy to think how far I've come. Like, I'm not even wearing a wig anymore. (laughs) I'm wearing my real hair, and it's down to my shoulders. And um, I just had my last, or I had a CT scan, what day? March 10th? Yeah, March 10th. It was on Dawson's birthday. And... Now the doctor, I mean, she comes in and it's not even a, you're all clear. It's like a, so, hey, how are you doing? And I'm like, uh, I hope good. Like, how is my skin? She's like, oh, girl, you're good. You're good. You look great. I'm like, that's awesome. Like, that's all you can ask for. So, if you know somebody that is going through chemo or they just got a diagnosis or they they were told they might have cancer, um, share my page with them. If you have my contact information, you can share that with them too because it's so nice when I was going through treatment to see people who were on the other side because it gives you something to hope for. Not even to hope for. Like, you know it's possible. 
but to see it and to see somebody who's gone through it, it just helps. So that is all for today. I'm walking now um, and it's so nice outside. The sun's shining, but that is all. I hope that this wasn't too deep, um, but it needed to be shared because I think I went through what I did for a reason and one day we'll figure it out. It'll all come full circle. I'm working on things in the background. This is part of it. Um, ideally, one day I would love to do exactly what my microscopist does for other people and be able to give them hope outside of conventional medicine. Um, that's why when I was going through chemo, I got my uh, nutrition certification through NASM. Um, and I do a lot of reading and things like that. I don't do a ton of research on my cancer. I will say that. Um, it's not something I've ever done because I just, I don't like to scare myself and Google is scary. Like, ugh, I hate Google. So <laughs> that is all. That is where I hope to be. That is where I hope this podcast leads someday is that we just get to reach a lot of people and change a lot of lives. And it just takes support, community, and sharing. So make sure you share this with somebody and I will see you guys next time.